You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. Welcome to the Big Church, Small Church podcast. Today, I have a special guest, my friend Ben Gardner, all the way from Loughborough, UK. Ben, welcome to the show. Um, we'd love to just, yeah, have you give a little introduction about yourself and just hear about what you are doing in your ministry. So my name is Ben, as John's just said, I'm married to Helen, and we have two little ones. We have Beth, who's four, and um, she rules the house. She's actually in charge of the household, and we do exactly what she says. And uh, Samuel is one. And uh, yeah, we live in Loughborough, which is bang in the centre of the UK. And um, I'm a vicar in the Church of England. So I'm, I'm apparently a priest, even though I don't look like one, apparently. And uh, yeah, we, we have recently in the last year planted a, a new church in a brand new estate on the south side of, of Loughborough to reach uh, people that have never had any contact with the church before. Um, or those who used to go to church years ago, but due to various reasons sort of disappeared from the church, but are now started to come back. So we're a year into that and uh, it's, it's just been lots of fun and really exciting. So that's a bit about my family and where we are and what we're currently doing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've gone from Ben and I used to work together at a church called uh, St. Thomas Crooks, now called STC Church. They had to rename it actually after Ben and I left. That's that's a joke because we did such a great job at student ministry there. We worked with um, what we would call in the States college students. We were kind of campus pastors at the church. But yeah, that's how Ben and I got to know each other. Been uh, really great friends uh, ever since then. And uh, yeah, he's just a super awesome guy. And so yeah, Ben, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about like, how did you feel a kind of a calling into church planting and um, you know, why did you why did you do this why did you take this risk to plant a church where you are and how did you even get started in this process so uh, from a very very early age i wanted to work for the church even though i never wanted to be a vicar in the church of england because um, my dad's a vicar in the church of england so i grew up in the vicarage saw some of the the ups and downs of ministry and what it is like in leadership and the position of leadership so i never necessarily wanted to be a vicar um but uh, the thing that really turned it for me um, was a conversation I had with a non-Christian friend who said that if I was ever leading a church in the future, um, she would come along um, and engage in church. So that was the real turning point for me was actually someone that isn't part of the church saying that if I was leading a church, a vicar, a priest, whatever, a church leader, church pastor, um, they would come. And that was a real turning point for me that actually my heart is to see people come to know the love and grace and forgiveness of Jesus and to be a part of a, a worshiping community, a, a community that encourage discipleship, that encourage mission to reach out to our communities and to more importantly, talk about Jesus and point people to Jesus. So, so being a, a vicar, that was where it came from and the turning point for me. And I've just always had a heart for pioneering. It's been in my blood from an early age and working at St. Thomas Crooks with you, John, and all the fun that we had there with pioneering stuff for students, especially reaching students um, that used to go to church, but when they decided to go to university, they thought, well, that was my parents thing. I don't want to do that anymore. And so I'm just going to do, I'm going to live the life that I want to live. 
and that was very much at the of the heart of St Thomas Crooks was a church that reaches its non-customers rather than its customers if that makes sense so I've been a part of churches and seen leaders who have this huge heart mission so for when Helen and I got married it was always on the cards for us that if there was an opportunity to plant something from scratch and to go somewhere where there hasn't been a church presence to go somewhere um, where a lot of people don't go to church or have had no contact with church so in the UK there's lots of people in the UK and um, that have never stepped into a church building let alone be a part of a church community because obviously it's not the building it's people but people still think that the church is a building in, in the UK so there are so that's that's been on our heart from um, from an early age and also when we got married and during the curacy, which is basically like a training vicar. So if you want to be a vicar in the Church of England, you have to do, after your theological college, you end up doing a few years of training. And we came down to Loughborough for that. And I worked alongside a brilliant um, pastor, a guy called uh, Michael Broadley. And the one thing that really um, struck me when I first met him was his ability to release leaders to have a go, um, to allow me to be the leader that God has called me to be, that he's created me to be. Um, but also to, to release to release me to take some risk and have a go mm. so um church planting was on the agenda of the church that i was at at the time of the diocese so the church of england split up into dioceses across across the uk so we're in the leicester diocese um, so it wasn't part of the agenda it wasn't the plan um but within the first year of the curacy there was an opportunity within the church of england uh, basically a, num a lot of cash a lot of money uh, was released um, i'm talking millions and millions of pounds to be released into church planting so we were in the right place at the right time and i think it was very much god ordained um, and we just felt like this is the time through all the experiences we've had the leaders we've worked alongside working along with you jay dog at, at st thomas crooks and all that experience has built up to this point where we had an opportunity we had the money there that was given by the church of england we had a team and we had a location in, in Loughborough where there was hardly any impact of church or church presence at all. And we just said, God, we're, we're willing to do this. So, yeah, we, we've, we, we've done it the last year. We've, we've been in the midst of COVID-19 and all that's brought for us as, as, as a church, but also as a nation and as a world. Um, church planting has is, is very much been on my heart from the very beginning. But also it's been led by God right from the beginning as well. So, um, so it's exciting. It's, it's good fun to plant churches. It's hard work, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like the whole point of why you plant a church is not just to have a new location, but it's because that there's lost people there. And yeah. you, your heart for those people, like you said, came from that conversation with your friend. And I think that's absolutely, that's got to be the right, it's got to be the right approach. It's got to be the right heart. And even if you're not interested in planting churches yourself, I think as a church that that is still, you know, that you can do missional communities or you can do fresh expressions type things within a church. There's lots of different ways in how you can do that without planting completely out. And, but I think that that heart that actually that we have people that don't know Jesus or don't have a relationship with Jesus that um, need his love, need his uh, saving grace in their lives. And I think that that's incredible. That's the whole point is that we're called to go and to do those things. So whatever you might plant a church out or you might, yeah, plant a church within a church, whatever that might look like, that's, um, I think that's a great heart and a great place to start. I also noticed just from what you said that I just wanted to highlight as well um, is that 
you needed uh, the call. You had the call to do it. You have to have the call and the heart to actually go and reach lost people. You uh, said that you needed money and it takes money to go and to do these things. You can't just say, hey, uh, we want to do this, but actually it takes lots of people support. And it's like you had a, a mother church, a birthing mother church, which most church plants need that unless you're going to be a micro church that you actually need that funding to, you need a, a salary, you need to be supported for your family to be able to actually be released and do this. And then the third element that I realized that was really important for you guys is uh, your culture, that your pastor and your mother church had to be on board with all of this and nurture you and release you to do that. I just think it's amazing because I don't think a lot of churches like get this because we think of it as a competition wise, but your church that you were released in was from the same city as that you're planted now. Yes. Yeah. Really interesting. So how does your, how does your mother church feel about you planting in the, in the same city? Like that's because I know a lot of churches would be like very hesitant about that. Like, Oh, you know, I'm not sure about planting in the same place, you know, or similar area. Like, walk through that. Why plant in the same city? Well, I, I mean, simply is that the, the opportunity came up. So we have the relationship with um, the, the church. So we're, we're not, not only have we planted in the same city, we've planted in, in, an, in someone else's patch. Mm. So within the Church of England, you have different parishes. And so different churches have different areas and they're very bounded sets. So they live, they have an area that they minister to. And that's how the Church of England have, have, have worked for, for years, for hundreds of years. Mm. Um, but the barriers are being broken down, actually realizing that people, they might live in the place, but they work somewhere else and they socialize somewhere else. Mm. So gone is the day where you lived in a, in an area all your life. You found your wife or your husband there. You had your kids there. You had your baptisms there. You worked there. You did, you had one job and then you died and you were buried there. So those days are, are long gone. I think in Europe, probably in America as well. Absolutely. Um, so we not only do we plant in the city, same city as our, our mother church, but we also planted in someone else's patch. And for, for us, it was the opportunity came up. We had good relationships with the church, the parish that we're, we've been planted into. Um, but also, I think we had two years between the vision being casted at the mother church. So actually being planted. So in those two years, the message message was all about actually we believe in a generous God. Um, who gave his life for us so actually we need to reflect that generosity by giving away by sending a team out and the team that we were sent with that I gathered uh, around me and Helen are a brilliant team and I talked to Michael the vicar of the, the mother church and it was a massive loss for them in terms of the people the gifts the skills the talents also their money their contributions to the church it was a significant cost for them in planting. But if we believe that we are created and loved by a generous God who gave everything, then why can't we give everything away for his glory and for his kingdom? Mm. So we did over the two years, we did a lot of teaching, a lot of prayer into that and what that meant for us, for, for the mother church to be sending into its own patch in many ways. But also in the UK, again, I don't know what it's like in, in the States, but in the UK, 93% of the population in the UK have 
no contact, either no contact with the church or very little contact with the church. So 93%. So another church being planted in a similar patch. We've, there's a lot of people to reach <laughs> and we need different size and shapes of churches to reach different sizes of shapes of people. So that was another thing that we kept on emphasizing the generosity of God that he gave his life for us. So why don't we just give away and give away some of our, we, we toned down the language slightly. It started off giving up, giving away our very best. But then we also said, actually, the people that are staying and building the church again in order to, to plant again um, are the best for them as well. So it's who's called to go and plant and who's called to stay and grow. Um, so we, we changed our language as we got used to working out what it means to be a ascending church, a mother church that goes and plants. And the, and the intention out of all of this is that we as ascending church, as a planted church, will then plant again. So we are looking to plant our next church within the next year so within two years of planting we want to be planting again because if you don't do that within the first two to three years you're probably highly unlikely to plant again because you end up becoming oh we like this this is nice and cozy we we get along we have our friends here why can't this just stay like this forever where jesus calls us to go and make disciples we he calls us to go and make disciples who make disciples who end up planting and creating a church a community a worshiping community and the same should be again that we then go and plant another church. So we have disciples who make disciples, who plant churches, who plant churches. Mm -hmm. So it's taken, it's a long journey we've been on as a church, but I think the two years in the build up to planting really helped with creating that culture of generosity, of giving away, of planting and getting into the habit of, of, of planting a new church for the sake of reaching the 93% who know very little or even nothing about the gospel and the good news of Jesus. That's amazing. And we're not quite there yet in terms of that, that connection with church, the 93%. I know that it is high. I'm not quite sure what the exact statistic on that would be, but I know that if, uh, as of right now, if everybody went to church in the United States, you think that, yeah, there's a lot of First Baptist churches like on every corner, right? How many First Baptist churches can you have? But if we had everybody go to church in the United States, there would be roughly about a thousand people in every single church. And most churches I know cannot handle that amount of people in their church. Like you just, you're not, you're, you're not set up to handle, you know, 900 to a thousand people on a Sunday morning. And every church is actually made, uh, is, is an organism primarily, even before an organization, even though we need to organize as we grow, that there's organizational levels to it. But Every church in, in, in existence is, uh, it's how God created it, is made to multiply. It's just how we're made to give birth and have children that were to be fruitful and multiply. But only 4% of churches in the United States ever plant a church. And so we are, we need to plant new churches to reach new people groups in different contexts, like Ben said. I think, you know, we have people that live in one area and play in another and go to work in a completely another, but you can't reach people through an incarnational, uh, you know, what a method as Jesus did. He came to us. We have to be sent, you know, to reach different people groups and have a variety of, of churches to reach these people. So I think it's amazing what you are doing, Ben. And I'm really encouraged that you're already thinking about your next church plant. That's amazing. And we're and just to add, we're, we're only a church of 65 now. So we planted with 26 people. And now we're 65 within a year. Obviously, 
noting that COVID happened and so we haven't been able to physically meet or engage in mission as we would have hoped. Um, so we've seen growth, but even you can plant even if you're a smaller church. You don't have to be a big church to plant. That's awesome. Well, we covered a little bit about why church planting is important uh, today, but is there any other reasons why churches should plant that can kind of come to mind? Like why, why, should, the, why should the United States churches, you know, even if they're, you know, established churches of, you know, they might be 100 years old, um, some of these uh, denominational churches, but, you know, why, why is church planting so important? There's a great book by a guy called George Lings that essentially says in his book, we often ask the question, what is church? What are the elements that make up church? And people go, well, surely it's singing, taking, having communion, the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it, and the Bible and reading the Bible and a sermon or something like that. And uh, so people often have loads of debates of what is church? And uh, through his research and through looking at the scriptures again, um, I guess he illustrates what you've just sort of mentioned, John, in terms of actually we're called to reproduce. And if you are, his argument is that if you are really a church, if you are actually being a church, you should multiply. And if you're not multiplying, then you're not really a church. So, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly challenging book to read. So a guy called George Lings, I'll let you know. I'm sure John can send out the details later of the title of the book. It's gone out of my head. What we'll but do is I'll, I'll Google it and I'll put it in, the, uh, I'll put it in our, um, our show notes. Perfect. But it, he essentially says that, you know, we're, we're obviously reaching the 93% in the UK who don't have any contact with the church or have very little contact with the church. Um, but also it should be part of who we are. And... If you go back into history, the reason why those of you that are listening to this podcast, the reason why your church is there is because at one point in time it was planted. So every church was once a church plant because of geographical reasons, you know, going into new territories, um, but also where people move and new industries are built up and a desire to send, to, well, to, to tell the message of the gospel to people. And um, so every church even my grandma's church was once a church plant but somewhere along the line we've forgotten that very important part of our own dna is the reproduction of christians of disciples of, of churches um so yeah i think it's important because we need to reach the lost we need to reach those who aren't saved who don't know the the amazing life that we can have in jesus and the eternal life that we can have in jesus um but also that it's part of who we are. It's part, it, should have be, it should be who we are, is that we look to reproduce. So I think that's another reason why it's important, is that if you really want to be church, you should be reproducing. And if you're not, George Ling's argument and challenge to all of us is, well, you're not really church, which might be offensive, um, but I find that inspiring, and I think it recaptures the very heart and nature of the church in Acts and the church that Paul communicates to um, through his letters is that actually we're called to, to we're sent. We are the sent people, uh, the, one, the ones with the message um, to, to share the good news of Jesus. And so why not plant? Um, and also, I, I also think discipling in terms of discipleship, if you want people to really grow in their discipleship, the best place to do that is in the context of mission. So our team that have come with us have learned far more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have faith, 
what we actually really believe and why we do church through the act of planting. So none of them are, uh, are theologians. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't claim to be theologians or experts in the Bible or, you know, they struggle with their faith just as much as all of us do. Um, but we as a team, the sending team, have learned so much more about doctrine, about theology, about ecclesiology, with, uh, through, through engaging in planting a church. Because it, it, as you, it, when you start from nothing or you go in with nothing and a blank sheet, or even if you go into a, a church, an existing church that is shrinking in size um, and you want to build some life into it, you have to ask a lot of questions. Is what, what, what are we actually doing? Why are we doing this? Does it have to be like this? Is it biblically sound? Are we doing what Jesus has told us to do? And if we want to grow this thing, we've got to go out and reach, reach out to people. But we also need to know the hope that we have within us to be able to communicate the hope that we have within us. So what is the hope? So I think... That's another reason, not only is it reaching 93%, not only is it part of our DNA, I think it's a great discipling tool. Um, you'll, you'll reach far more people by planting churches than through your evangelistic courses. Even though they're great things, we need those things as well. Um, over here, the, the statistics suggest that the best form of evangelism is planting church. So if you want to evangelize, plant a church. If you want to grow disciples who make disciples, send a small team off and they'll learn so much more about their faith than they would do if they just stayed put in a church that's just trying to maintain itself and just trying to keep itself going until eventually it dies. Yeah. And every church will eventually sadly die. Like that's, that is, they go, they, every church like an organism has a life cycle. And uh, if you think about it, that's, that's a sad thing, but none of the, none of the churches that the apostles planted exist anymore, but, but through multiplication and church planting, the church is, uh, you know, it's the Christianity is the, you know, the largest movement ever. So, you know, and that's churches giving birth to other churches. That's the only reason why we still exist today. And so that's how our legacy uh, to uh, be disciples is by uh, church planting. Reproducing church. That's the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yes. Awesome. You would come. <laughs> Um, last, last kind of big question for you. Um, you know, all of these statistics, all of these things that we're talking about, um, really, really matter. Um, but I think what really, um, gets us moving into action is, you know, and, and why we do this stuff is that actually that, uh, a life is changed by the impact of Jesus. And can you just share any of kind of the, maybe a few of the victory stories or one or two of the victory stories that you've seen since church planting and you can change names obviously for privacy sake and sensitivity as well but is there anything that you would like to share in terms of stories uh well there are two two stories really so the first is actually when i was away on holiday it was my first sunday off <laughs> we just planted uh, we have a couple of months in and i thought i'd need a break so we took some time off and it was the the first sunday where someone just random turned up and and uh we, we have this thing where we just share stories of what God is doing. And uh, this guy who just turned up and our team were leading it and they offered an opportunity for people to come forward and share stories of what God is doing, just to encourage each other in our faith and encourage each other in evangelism. And this guy stood up and the team thought, Oh no, what's he going to say? Is it someone from the new estate that really doesn't want us to be there? Um, but he responded through a card. So when we, we moved in, we sent a card round to every house in the area, just saying, we're here, 
we want to serve you. Um, we want to find out how we can help you. Um, but also, if you want to find out a bit more about what we believe in Jesus, then we, here are some uh, ways in which you can get involved. And so he responded to that and just turned up and picked up the mic and and said that he just he he, he went to church when he was a kid. He's now in his, um, I believe, probably going to get this wrong, but I think he's in his late 50s. And he went to church as a kid, uh, lost his faith during his teenage years, drifted, had all sorts of stuff going on in his life. Um, and receiving that card through the door, something happened within him. And he didn't know what it was. Um, he couldn't articulate it. He couldn't describe it. But something just said, you need to go to this thing. Um, and he turned up and he is basically just giving his life back to Jesus again. Um, so that was a, that was a Sunday I wasn't actually there. <laughs> so I, I missed it, but my team were just amazed by it that someone just responded by a simple invite. Um, it was a card through a door, quite old school, nothing amazing or inspiring by it, but something happens and he's been stuck in and he's involved, he's helping serve on a Sunday, he's in a midweek community, um, and uh, it, the other week we went for a walk because we can walk with six people at the moment with, with all the restrictions for COVID-19. So we can we can go for a walk with six people. And um, at the end of the walk, we always like say, what do you want prayer for? Let's pray together. And the other Sunday, he prayed out loud for the first time ever. Um, so little steps of discipleship, little Sorry. stories. But the second story um, is um, for invite. And I think... You can pull on all the courses. We do Alpha. We love Alpha. Alpha's a brilliant. It's still um, people that diss Alpha. Um, you should stop dissing it because people still come to faith through Alpha. It's just an amazing tool. It is a tool. It's not the it's not the bullet that sorts out everything and sorts out all your issues. But it's 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 a great tool. And um, I and someone someone from our church invited their work colleague along. And they came just for the first one. We've done an online alpha, so we did it through Zoom during COVID, during lockdown. So you can still do mission online and the tools are there for us to do it. And Paul used to write letters to encourage discipleship. So I'm sure he would have used the internet to do the same thing. So he, he invited his work colleague to do alpha online. He came just to do the first one. He said, you know, said to, his, said to the guy that goes to our church, look, I'm only going to come to the first one. I don't really want to do this thing, but because you're my mate, I'll do it because it means something to you. It's obviously something that's really impacted your life. So I'll just do alpha and I'll do the first one, but I probably won't do the rest. We've, we're, uh, this Thursday is our last alpha session and he's been at every single one. And he wants to find out more and he wants to be a part of the church community post this. And it's just, you know, there's no amazing move to Jesus yet, but there's a real desire, lots of questions. And I think we can have all the tools, we can have all the courses, we can have all the evangelistic events we want. I still think the best way is through invitation, through personal invitation. Whether it's a card through the door because you're feeling a bit nervous about talking to someone, um, or whether it's a, an actual invitation to a friend. Because we talk about the 93%, but the 93% is your next door neighbor. The 93% is your friend at work. The 93% is the family that you're connecting to, connecting with at the school gates. The 93% is the, the local shop person that you connect with each and every, every week that you've built up a relationship. It might be quite shallow, but you know them, you know them by name, name and you, 
Chapman every single week. So when we put it, when we put the stats in terms of people, actual people that we know, the challenge for us as, a, as Christians and as the church is who are you going to invite? Mm. You know, we have the most amazing message the world has to hear of freedom. People want freedom. People want to be free. People don't understand what freedom means a lot of the time. Freedom doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. There are boundaries. But people want lights. They want freedom. They want joy. They want to be loved. They want to be valued. They want to be part of something. They want to belong to something, to belong to something wider than just themselves. Um, and we have the greatest message. And so I've been just challenging our team. And it starts with team. It starts with leadership and starts with team, core team. You know, we need to be modelling it. And I think the best way, and the re research suggests it, Tear Fund, which is a charity in the UK, said they did a re project of people that have come to faith in the last, I think, 10 or 20 years. And 98% of people that have come to faith, I mean, they're talking thousands of people come to faith over those years. 98, I think, percent is through a friend inviting them to something a bit more deeper, a Absolutely. bit more challenging of saying, actually, are you going to say yes to Jesus? And the rest is big, large evangelistic events, one-off things, one-off projects. So I personally think the best way to grow is encouraging your church, encouraging your people to invite at least five people to either a discipling group, a missional community, Alpha, whatever it is, whatever the tool is, you just use whatever's good, whatever you feel comfortable with, use it and do it well. Um, but it's the power of invitation and we know the people already. I'm sure everyone has at least five friends. If you don't have five friends, then you need to get out more. <laughs> but everyone should have five friends and at least one of those will probably say yes. Yep. And the, the worst case scenario is someone turning around and just saying, no, that's not really for me. And what are we afraid of? Like, we, live, we both live in countries where you're not going to be killed for your faith. Um, whereas some of our brothers and sisters around the world are killed for their faith or persecuted. So in our culture, in our context, the worst case scenario is someone going, you're a little bit weird. I don't really want to join this thing. Yeah. Or no, thank you. Not right now. I'm too busy. And actually out of the five, someone will just say yes. So, so yeah, those are just two stories of people sort of exploring, coming to, into a better relationship with Jesus. Um, but it's all, I think it's all through, through relationship and through invitation. Absolutely. And I mean, that is very like in the United States um, context, it's the, the statistic is that if you invite somebody who doesn't belong to a church or isn't a Christian, it's about 40 some percent that uh, I think it's, I think it's like between 43 and 46 percent that it's likely that they will come to church with you on a, yeah. and that's it, just inviting your neighbors or your unchurched friends. Like that is very like low, but I'm sure the statistics, it's very, even in the UK, I'm sure it's much less now, but as where we are in terms of Christianity in the United States, that's we still have a good chance of, you know, not, not going into such a secular or what we call, you know, a pagan society that, you know, we can actually be an influence for Jesus. And that, that is very low bar easy. You don't even have to plant a church, necessarily to do that all you have to do is ask your your friends do you want to would you like to come to church with me my wife and i we go to church you know i'd like to you know bring you along and don't say you're going to meet them there but take them along with you so it's not weird when they walk into a, a foreign space 
um, together, you know, bring them alongside with you and introduce them to your friends and do things like build bridges and relationships. And even online church, like we're, so one of our friends uh, from church texted me this morning saying they invited their friend to have a meal around their house and they watched it together and they've never been to church before and they were, they want to watch it again. So yeah. in this period where there are some certain restrictions in the UK, um, probably in America as well, but we can still invite someone to, to have a meal with us and we can share life and share the message, be courageous, go for it. Absolutely. Don't hold back. Usually put on brunch afterwards. That'll get them. Like yeah. just, you know, say, would you like to watch the, do a little watch party and then put on a meal afterwards, you know, and just, you can, you know, most likely your conversation will be about faith anyways. I think that meal, Jesus did a lot of his, uh, you know, his, you know, big covenants around meals, probably for a purpose, you know, that meals are a special time for deep conversation. And so, you know, I think that Ben is, uh, has some great insights for us in the U S and, you know, as a lot of you, a lot of uh, the statistics are that 80% are of churches are um, declining, plateauing, or growing at a rate slower than their neighborhood. So we've got a lot of work to do in the United States in terms of reaching people for Jesus. Ben, do you have any other wise words for us before you go? Just that J-Dog is awesome. Trust him. He's brilliant. He's a great friend. And um, yeah, I just think just just be courageous i think that's the word is don't don't hold back um because we've got an amazing message amazing savior and and i don't yes the stats of decline are there i think it's true we need to we need to look into that and find out why and what what's gone wrong we need to do all of that but um god is bigger than all of that and i think um i think we're in a season of renewal and revival um in a different way than probably what we thought. So go for it, be courageous. And uh, and trust J-Dog, he's a great guy. I think, I trust Jesus, maybe that would be. Trust, <laughs> trust Jesus and well, J-Dog. <laughs> well, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for joining us today. And I uh, really appreciate your time, your input and your wisdom from your context. So thanks everybody for listening today and hope you have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at j-o-n-h-u-n-t-e-r at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms. 